You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. On this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, going to be talking about a question that was asked on yesterday's show. Kind of want to dive into the topic a little bit further. What is Kentucky's ceiling this upcoming season obviously we've gotten to see the wildcats play now they got through the global jam look very good and their four and oh sweep in the round robin going to discuss what we need to expect uh from the wildcats in terms of their ceiling this upcoming season also something i want to dive into today i want to talk a little bit about the guard rotation for the wildcats this uh fall and winter because i do think that we need to make some notes about what we saw over the global jam that was something that was going to be a big topic for us heading in and i think we saw some interesting things from rob dillingham dj wagner and reed shepherd thank you so much for making locked on kentucky your first listen every single day want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms if you've not subscribed to the youtube channel would appreciate it if you went ahead and did so if you're listening on podcast you can leave us a review and a follow over there as well uh, i'm probably going to say this a few more times over the next few episodes that i do but i really appreciate everybody that has subscribed to the youtube to get us to 5k subs we're now pushing uh towards 5100 so i appreciate everybody out there that has subbed to the channel and gotten us to this big benchmark i think here uh for the show can't thank you guys enough. So let's go ahead and get into it today. Global Jam, obviously 4-0 for the Wildcats. Big time plays from different players down the stretch in individual games. And overall, I think I was just the biggest takeaway for a lot of you guys and for me as well is I think I was just overall impressed with the way that this offense flowed. I was impressed with the way that Kentucky uh, managed the game in terms of spacing and shooting and shot selection. Uh, We've obviously talked about that quite a bit here uh, on the program, actually pulling up different shot charts from the different games and just talking about how excited we are to see some more modern spacing. Obviously, part of that came with the fact that Kentucky was injured and they had to uh, kind of space some things out with a small ball rotation. Uh, you got an Enzo Aaron Bradshaw out for this Global Jam, obviously. So things looked a little different differently than they may look this season. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, we sat down with Isaac Shade of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, which, by the way, if you don't listen to that show, I don't even know what you're doing with your life. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton do a phenomenal job over there. And we hop on uh, just about every other week, so uh, it would be a great listen. But we talked with Isaac about, you know, what we saw out of this Global Jam and kind of what we saw out of this offense. He asked me a lot of different questions about, you know, what will Kentucky look like with their bigs back? What will they look like without? What did you think about the offense? And so today, I just wanted to kind of compile it into one big question. Isaac, I think it did ask at one point, what is the wild? What are the, what is the Wildcats ceiling? This upcoming season, because you could put a you could put a number on it. You could put it uh, in terms of wins. You could put it as a, a place in the SEC. Uh, but I I want to talk more generically here because a lot of you guys and rightfully so are focused on what the Wildcats want to do in the postseason. So Kentucky, I, I think heading into this off season was in a very weird spot. 
with Oscar Shibway debating whether or not he was going to enter the NBA draft, then finally doing so, and Kentucky having a few different departures, some in the transfer portal, some declaring for the NBA draft, and uh, there was a lot of confusion about whether Antonio Reeves was going to return for UK, and uh, just a lot of different flipping and flopping, and then Kentucky tried to get into the transfer portal. They whiffed on a bunch of different prospects, and you looked up at the end of the day. I mean, at some point in June, early June, we were looking at this team having seven, eight scholarship players, and the ceiling on that Kentucky team was end of the world uh, for some of you guys, and for me here, it was just genuine concern as to how this roster is going to manage the upcoming season. I mean, obviously, the expectation was we'll get players. We'll, we'll get bodies in the room, hopefully. But there was no guarantee as to how the talent level was going to stack up surrounding this, this freshman class. And there was some concern about experience. There was some concern about, you know, how this offense is going to look. And obviously some of those, those concerns have been kind of thrown out the window here. But the Kentucky team of June and May is completely different, I think, than the Kentucky team that we see currently. Trey Mitchell, huge addition to this team. I think we're going to be talking about him a lot for the coming months until we get to November and get to see statistically what his output looks like for UK because I don't think he's going to be a massive numbers guy. I don't think he's going to be averaging like 15 a game and shooting 40% from three all the time. But I do think that he is going to prove to be valuable to the Wildcats in a lot of different areas. Also, you picked up Jordan Burks and then Joe. Joey Hart, as well as, gosh, what, who am I forgetting? The, the other three star. I know, no, that's that's it, isn't it? I think that is it. Maybe, I, maybe I'm missing a three star here, but I think the point being here, Kentucky's added on quite a few different players to their overall roster, and I'm very pleased with the direction that it's heading. As of right now, I believe we sit with uh, with a rotation that can go uh, deep. I would say ten deep with Kentucky heading into this year. Do we expect the rotation to be that deep with the way that John Calipari has handled things in the past? I don't know, but that's something that we're going to continue to talk about throughout this offseason, and it's something that I've kind of hinted at at different times heading into this Global Jam too. is that Cal, I think, is going to approach the game differently this upcoming season, and I also think that it, that changes Kentucky's ceiling. John Welch was also added to this staff as well to change the dribble drive offense for the Wildcats this upcoming season. And I think that that was reflected in just how dominant they were in terms of space and pace in the Global Jam. And we've talked about that in the recap episodes, and you can check that out on yesterday's show, about how we talked about, you know, just the difference, I think, that Welch will make for this coaching staff of influencing John Calipari and forcing him, I think, to become a little bit more modern in his approach to the game. And there's a lot of different opinions out there as to, you know, what a modern offense looks like and whether or not what Kentucky could be doing is really the best thing for them. But the ceiling, I think, for Kentucky is strongly based around its personnel. And the fact that they didn't have enough bodies in the room just a month ago uh, was scary. And you look at it now and you get to see these guys play with each other. And, man, it really looks like a complete team. And it's a team that we got to see without Uganda and Yenzo and Aaron Bradshaw. Now the defense, obviously the defense was a major concern throughout Global Jam, but I think that's going to come whenever you have to play a bunch of young guys and a bunch of guys who have not had that opportunity to really gel with each other. And so Kentucky's ceiling, I think heading into the fall, 
if you gun on Yenzo's healthy and Aaron Bradshaw's return from his injury and he's good to go as well, you're going to see those guys be big-time players in the front court for Kentucky. I think the rim protection is going to get better. I think Kentucky's defense overall will probably be stronger. You look at what they could do in relation to the rest of the teams in this league. I think Alabama is an interesting team to watch right now simply because of the fact that they're probably going to be small. They're going to be a small team this season. But it's Nate Oates' system, and you have to question whether or not that's going to carry them in this league this year. Auburn has brought in a lot of lengthier guards, and I think they're going to run a little bit quicker of a system than they have in the past couple of years. I think they're going to be an, a, a similar to Kentucky in the way that they operate, I think, in transition. You look at a team like Tennessee, probably going to be really strong de- defensively. They lost Chris, Le- uh, Chris Ledlam, the Harvard transfer that we talked about here on the show just a couple of months ago. They lost him to the transfer portal again. He re-entered. Uh, I believe because Josiah Jordan-James announced that he was coming back to the Vols. So I think they should be strong as well. Santiago uh, Vescovi is going to be back for his 25th year uh, with Rick Barnes and company. Uh, Arkansas, obviously Arkansas with a couple of really talented players uh, that did not get to play last year. Uh, I believe Brazil was one of the players last year that got hurt early, one of their five stars that's going to be huge for them this upcoming season. So Kentucky's got, I think, at the top of the conference, a strong uh, a strong uh, opposition, a strong force going against them in, in, in multiple different programs. You can't uh, not talk about the SEC without talking about Ole Miss and what Florida's doing right now. I think Todd Golden and Chris Beard are going to have solid seasons uh, in, in the conference this year. So Kentucky, I think, is going to face off against a lot tougher competition than they saw at the Global Jam. And I, I want to be clear, what they saw in Canada and Germany and Africa significantly better than what we got to see in the Bahamas a season ago. Significantly better. So I'm not putting that down. Some of you guys in the comments have been talking about, well, it's just a bunch of freshmen, and you know they haven't really pay- played anybody yet, Paul. Like, it, you have to understand that these were 23-year-old kids that play professionally for their respective countries. And Kentucky went out there and, for the most part, wiped the floor with them. Now, there were moments where Kentucky, you know, had their leads, you know, trimmed down, but they were man- they managed to fight back and, and kind of pull away in a couple of these different contests. And I, I think that you when, once you get to this, this conference slate, the non-con slate for Kentucky, too, is going to be rough. I think it's going to be a tough one, but the competition will be different. Kentucky's not going to blow everybody out this season. But I can say this, and I think I can say this with confidence. The Wildcats are going to be a top three team in the league this year. And I don't know if they're going to finish first. I don't know if they're going to barely finish third. But I think UK is easily top three in this league if they can get Uganda and Yenzo and Aaron Bradshaw back and they can get them healthy and they can get this team moving. Because I don't think their return changes the way that we saw this team play offense in Canada. I think this team is going to be fun. I think this team is going to be fast-paced. I think they're going to shoot threes. And with Onyenzo and Bradshaw, they're going to play a little rim protection. They're going to have some fun out there. So uh, Kentucky, in terms of regular season success, I I I say top three in the league. That's where I'm sitting right now. We'll discuss that a lot as we get closer to November and we start talking about these individual games and the matchups that we see in them. And then as far as postseason success, I can't sit here and talk to you guys about, again, like a number. Like, I can't put a number on, like, wins. I can't, I, and I, I can't predict the exact place they're going to fall in the SEC. And I can't really predict how far they're going to go in March because it's such an unpredictable tournament. And we've talked about that a lot on the show. You and I know, you and I know how that goes. My, my opinion on the NCAA tournament and just how difficult it is 
to actually pull anything off uh, in, in March. We got to see this Final Four this past season comprised of uh, just a bunch of random teams that nobody would have ever thought uh, would have made it, at least not collectively. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, um, UConn, just a, just a weird bunch outside of UConn. I, I picked UConn to go to the Final Four, but it, it's it's a year for Kentucky where Calipari's got to make got to make something happen. And I believe, based on seeing what we saw in the Global Jam, that there's something here. Offensively, there's something here. This team can score. But I'm just curious to see how it translates against tougher competition, and I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what this team looks like in the regular season. And, man, if they can put a little team defense together, they're going to be a good team in March. I, I, at least I, I have that feeling. So if, if you've got any thoughts on what Kentucky basketball could look like this upcoming season, what's the ceiling for the Wildcats, if you have a number, if you have a number in terms of wins, if you have a number in terms of where you think they'll finish in the SEC, or how far you think they'll go in March, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. You can also hit us on Twitter uh, at LockedOnUK. All right, I want to talk about, you know, talking about scoring. We've discussed here on the channel, uh, it's like being a, beating a dead horse at this point, about how important the guard play is going to be for UK and about how the shooting from these guys is going to be really important. I want to talk about Rob Dillingham and uh, DJ Wagner and Reed Shepard in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then you can add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They've also got simple tools like screening questions that can make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And you uh, you can go to linkedin.com slash locked on college today. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster than anybody else. One more time, linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody out there watching and listening wherever you are. I want to reiterate it again. If you've not checked out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast with Andy Patton and Isaac Shade, uh, I, it's, like, it's like I continue to say here on the show, it's like a, a disappointed parent. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You need to go check them out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've not subbed to this show, I would appreciate it if you went ahead and did that as well wherever you were listening or watching. So I think I was wrong, and I really do hope that I'm not, but I do believe that I was wrong about something that I've been talking about here on the show for, gosh, five, six months. Rob Dillingham is going to be the backup point guard to DJ Wagner. At least it looks like it at, that, at this point. Dillingham has, I think, a higher upside as a scorer and as, as an individual ball handler. But did you watch the way that DJ Wagner handled this offense for the Kentucky Wildcats during Global Jam? It was genuinely impressive. The leadership I think he displayed at the point guard position for UK. I like them on the floor together. I think that they're going to be fun on the floor together. But I don't think Cal's going to want to do that with their rotations this year. And so that's what I want to sit here and talk about for a second. Rob Dillingham, I believe at one point in one of these games, was out there for 10 minutes. He played 10 minutes in a game, and he had eight assists. Eight assists in 10 minutes. That's really, really hard. That's, that's Rondo High School numbers. 
I mean, I'm genuinely impressed with what some of the things that Dillingham did. He got to his spots, and his spots consist of really tough, kind of sideways-leaning mid-range jumpers. I mean, he, he can really knock down some clutch, uh, some clutch buckets, but I, I don't think he's what Kentucky is currently looking for as far as consistent offensive leadership. I like the way he hands, handles the ball. He's fun to watch individually. He's somebody that you can put out there late in the game, and I think that he could get you a bucket. We've talked about how important an isolation score is for the Wildcats, um, not just this season, but last season and the season before that. They needed somebody that could go out there and do that with confidence, and I think they've got that in Dillingham, but I also think they've got that in DJ Wagner. We got to see him you know, cut to the lane after a trap at one point late in one of these games here at the Global Jam. We got to see him finish foul and one, you know, to kind of put the game away for Kentucky. We need consistency like that where you see a guy at the guard position that's not 5'6", that can take it to the rim and with confidence, you know, get you a bucket at the end of the game to seal things or help you tie it or help you bring you back into it. You need somebody that has that confidence and on top of that has the ability to do that for you. And Kentucky has three different guards Three different guards that I think could could do that at different points for them this season. And I don't want to sit here and trash Rob Dillingham. I, again, I think he's going to be a good player. But we talked about this with Jordan Burks, about how, you know, no disrespect to him, but it's clear amongst all of the freshmen that have been added to this class, Burks is probably the one that's the, the most raw. He's the one that needs time to learn and develop the most. And I think with Rob Dillingham in this backcourt, I'm going to be honest with you, Shepard, overall, I think looked better than what Dillingham did, or than what Dillingham did during his limited play. And again, eight assists in ten minutes is very impressive. But I'm just curious to see how Cal and how this coaching staff handle this rotation because based on the way that they did it in the Global Jam after they got a couple of games in and they got comfortable with it, they looked to DJ. I think more often than not, and when you watched him at the at the one. I think Kentucky performed overall better. And again, I want to see Rob Dillingham succeed. I want to see him develop. I want to see him to become what he has been in high school because his tape is absolutely ridiculous. I just don't know if that's what Kentucky wants to go with as their starter. So I, I believe I'm going to end up being wrong on that, about predicting Rob Dillingham as the starting point guard for the Wildcats. I will also sit here and say that I think DJ Wagner does work well off ball. But he handles it well, and I think he's going to become a scorer for the Wildcats. And if, they're, if the rest of the team is so unselfish and they're so willing to distribute as they were in these four games in Canada, then I think they're, they're, the offense is going to be just fine. I think the offense is going to be perfectly fine. Reed Shepard is the final player I want to talk about here because the other two guys, I think they shot well, obviously. Not a lot of turnovers except for I think Wagner had five in the first game of, of, of the Global Jam. Reed Shepard... I know we talk about glue guys here on the show, and it's, very, it's a very cliche thing. Reed Shepard did literally everything at his position for Kentucky this, uh, during Canada, the, the Canada trip. I talk about what Trey Mitchell can do in terms of stat padding, like getting rebounds, blocks, assists, shooting well. Reed Shepard got blocks. He got steals. He shot well after the first game. He was able to put the ball in the basket with some more consistency. And we got to see him make some pretty impressive athletic plays that you wouldn't have expected out of a 6-2 guard. So I'm, I've been thoroughly impressed with what Reed Shepard has brought to the table. And I would argue that he was the MVP 
of at least one of Kentucky's games in the Global Jam, possibly two if you want to combine his MVP with, with, uh, with DJ in one of those games. So Reed Shepard, I know a lot of people have been critical of Shepard and, and questioned him as what was at the time a few months ago the lowest-rated player of the class. And some may some out there said, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily worthy of his McDonald's All-American status. But I, I would strongly argue that he has made the case in these first games of the Global Jam that he is not only worthy of the accolades that he collected in high school, uh, on top of the fact that you know, it was obviously like a 25-point-per-game score, but I think that he's worthy of some recognition and some praise heading into this season. And we made an episode about this before the Global Jam. I think, I think Reed Shepard is going to continue to be underrated until we get to see him on the court playing in a significant role this season. I think he's going to get more minutes than people think he does. I think he's going to be overall a better player than some people out there may think he's going to be. And that's even with Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner in this backcourt. Because, again, to go back to what I was saying earlier, I, I think that, that Reed Shepard outperformed Rob Dillingham in these four games of the Global Jam. And maybe we see more of Dilly whenever we actually get to – the season. Maybe we see more of him when we see less of uh, of Dilly, or we see less of Reed Shepard playing point or playing combo guard. But overall, I think you've got your one at DJ, you've got your two at Shepard, and you've got your three uh, with Rob Dillingham. I'm thoroughly impressed with all three of these guys in various aspects of their game. And I want to ask you guys, what did you think about these three guys in the backcourt, and what are your expectations for them this upcoming season? You can leave all of that and the YouTube comments below. All right, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.